This is the Night Owls Disc Golf Podcast. I'm Shane. And I'm not JP. I am Ben. <laughs> yes. JP is going to be absent this episode, which is unfortunate because I think we have some fun stuff that we're going to talk about. Um, there's pretty hot topic. Hot top topically hot. How about that? Spicy. <laughs> Spicy. That uh, I think he, I would love to hear his voice on. So maybe we'll just get his opinion after this um, on the next episode. But with that being said, door underscore disc underscore golf night underscore owl underscore pod and then doordisc.com where you can buy all your disc golf needs apparels no wants how about all of it desires desires there you go see and then youtube um we do have a thing on youtube so casual relief gets posted there which is our other podcast which we'll get into in a little bit here what's ben's other podcast and then we have uh these and then i do have a series coming out that we are doing with joe and kevin and then one with Joe. So we will uh, get those things recorded. We'll get those put up, edited, and they'll be horribly edited, but they'll be good content. So here you go. Um, casual Relief, you want to talk about that? Yeah, Casual Relief. We are back for uh, coming out um, in two days on Wednesday. So the couple of days after you are listening to this, um, we were on a brief hiatus because life got in the way. But myself and Matt... Um, one of the other guys uh, on the team and on that podcast this week, we are going to be talking about um, carts, uh, bags, and other accessories and just kind of uh, some food for thought when you're looking at them, what pros and cons of the stuff that we have, what we like, what we would improve. So just, you know, some stuff to kind of maybe think about it if you're looking for any of those items, um, just some things that we would have thought about. So, you know, there's all these different things, all these gadgets and gizmos and fun things that you can get to you know, spice up your disc golf life. So just things to kind of think about um, when you're looking for, for these down the line. So a uh, good conversation. Excited uh, for that one to come out for everybody to take a listen to. Perfect. Perfect. All right. With all that being said, how do you feel about handshake deals, Ben? Well, uh, <laughs> in the disc golf world, we've known that they have been dumpster fires. Um, <laughs> But I think it just depends like on what, you know, in, in, in the real life, I'm I'm all for a handshake deal as far as like a gentleman's agreement or a, a bet or something that's, you know, uh, you know, just like an agreement like, hey, I'll mow your lawn if you, you know, come do this project for me. We shake on it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like those types of things. But anytime, in my personal opinion, that money is being done. Uh, a contract should be signed. So for example, in my personal life here, uh, we are installing a fence uh, in my backyard coming up at the end of August uh, for our dog to you know, run around. Uh, that was a large sum of money and in no way, shape or form would I ever, ever do a handshake deal with that. So I have a contract in writing uh, with, mm-hmm. with this company. So um, that's my stance. Money, contract, odds and ends, handshake's fine. Exactly. Exactly. And isn't it incredible how expensive fences are? Oh man, I my fence was over <laughs> my fence was over seven grand. Yeah, it's just, and you're like, for what? Digging some holes and putting some posts in? Like, come on! <laughs> but man, yeah, it's it's work and equipment and experience that you pay for. It's nuts how expensive they are. 
Oh yeah, and mine was a uh, a little bit. I got I I of course got multiple multiple quotes because like I'm not gonna you know you never know what things could come back. But I ended up going with the kind of the more expensive one, but it's hard to beat a beat a stick at 200 like five star reviews across like all these platforms for this company. So I was like, sure. they seem to be the ones to go with. So yeah, 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 yeah. With a lot of the projects we do with our businesses, we do you know we, it can get overwhelming bringing quotes in. But that's we usually do at least three and we look at the three of them and then we look at reviews and all that stuff. It's smart, smart, too. So, yeah, so it's even like handshake deals because I know that you and I ran a couple tournaments together and I know there was a point where we had, okay, we got to sit down and just figure this out. And I know in the beginning I was like, we need to make sure there's money that's going to be involved and we need to have a good conversation and talk about exactly what's going to happen with that because we don't need those ill feelings at the end. And I think ultimately towards the end, I think it all worked out just fine. But then that conversation about doing another event, like, Hey, we need to get this little more solid in writing exactly what we're going to do with how everything goes, you know? So that was a good handshake deal that worked out just fine between us. Um, but it would have worked out even better if there was something that outlined how these things go. Right. Cause we had talked back and forth. So when I talk about handshake, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think like the first, the first tournament we did was a handshake deal and we very much just kind of broke even on it. Like no one made any money. No one really lost any money. So it was a good to have a handshake deal. And then we were were like for the second one, we do the same thing. It was another flex. We did two flexes, but then we did this, Mm -hmm. the big B tier and we, we didn't, you don't know what you don't know. Right. We were just like, yeah, we can totally just kind of do this on our own Mm -hmm. or do a handshake deal. And then we started looking at the PNL and the money coming in and we're like, oh, there's, there's, there's a lot of money coming in yeah. and a lot of money yeah. going out and a lot of other things. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things where obviously hindsight is 2020. So then I, yeah, we definitely text each other and we're like, yeah, let's, let's sit down after the summer and like put yeah. together some, something actually in writing for, for the next year. So, cause exactly that money. <laughs> Right, exactly. And, you know, even with family, with anybody, I mean, just it's smart just to have those little contracts, just like, hey, this is how it's going to go. I mean, so this is going to sound really horrible, (laughs) but my mom lives with me. She pays rent because we're like, everybody's just going to contribute. So then there's no hard feelings. If you didn't do the dishes or whatever, you know, everybody's contributing and it's not an even share, but it's just, just a little bit just to help with groceries, help with all that stuff. So, you know, if my Doritos go missing, I'm not mad because she's paying for them too, (laughs) you know? So it's just, it's those little goofy things. Um, So let's put this into the disc golf realm. I know that we have ran into some of those issues in the past with disc golf where people have um, signed long-term contracts with manufacturers and uh, all of a sudden, just like a fart in the wind, they were gone. (laughs) So I can't believe that with as much money floats around within disc golf, that handshake deals are still to this day a thing. Do you know any specifically that are still floating out there? Like any names? Like, I mean, I know that the big one was Paige, that Paige just came mm-hmm. out. Like, but I feel like after the Macbeth signing real money, like real, real money, that I feel like most of these are probably in contract, like in writing. Yeah, I think I think a lot of them now are probably still in writing, but I'm thinking more of the lower level contracts. Okay. Um, you know, I'm thinking more of the second tier pros 
that that's still happening. And I know even still with, um, like we brought up Lone Star a little bit. Yeah. You know, I know with Lone Star that Lone Star is like, this is a family. This is how it was. I remember when we talked to Josh yeah. after about it and they very quickly went to just one year and one year only. We're not signing anything longer than that. I don't know if they've changed their stance on that at all. Uh, I don't think so. I think the only one that's locked up for multiple is Nico, but that's mostly because Nico has these, the sacred disc deal oh, and like that yeah. sort, that sort of thing. So I think he's like the yeah. only one. So I yeah. think you're probably referring to like, like a Connor O'Reilly, a Tristan Tanner, like a that mm-hmm. level of, mm-hmm. of player. Yeah. That's probably on that handshake type type. Deal. Yeah. You know, I and mean, maybe they have this vague contract where it says they can really do anything, but the one that really, and that, still baffled me that was still going on. And most recently was the Gannonburg contract um, yeah. where there were all these promises that were never in writing. And, and there were some that were in writing and that's where that whole litigation thing came up with Gannonburg. And I'm not, I'm not harping on prodigy. I've been very nice to prodigy recently. Um, but well, yeah, that Gannonburg is ones. cool. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And so I'm like, you know, I'm just kind of, I'm surprised that those things are still happening and you're looking at new companies coming up and they're still doing the best friend thing. They're still doing the handshake deals and there's a lot of money still happening across the board. And it's, it's scary to see, especially with some of the new events or new uh, things that are happening that we'll get to in just a little bit um, within the uh, PDGA. So um, my, my question is, is that, just I would love to ask a lawyer because I'm sure that these exist all in disc golf is are text messages legally binding. That's Jeez. because like, cause that's how Gan- like Gannon had like text messages and Facebook messages and in, in that lawsuit mm-hmm. that Gannon was using to like for his counter suit. Um, right. But I'm sure that there's other like team managers or members of like whatever manufacturer that's like, Hey man, yeah, like come over here. We'll get you. Yeah, we could totally do that. We'll make sure yeah. that you're we'll taking care. You need. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. like. So I want to know, like that. That's just a, a rhetorical question because obviously you're not a lawyer. You have yeah. a lawyer for your business, yeah. but um, yeah, our text messages. Use them when I need them. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. But like that, like that's a that's a pretty it's uh, a pretty interesting thought because like I'm sure that the like mm-hmm. there are team managers saying trying to woo people over saying. Yeah, we'll get you a signature disc, absolutely. Or yeah, well, we for sure we'll take care of you in any capacity. Yeah, you need a couple right. of bags, we'll send you bags. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then nothing happens. Yeah, right. And I think all too often in business that that happens. I mean, we have you know, and these are these are businesses that do this, and I understand. But you know, we have people call probably once to twice a year saying that like, hey, if you sign this contract, we'll get you X dollars for your business. And I'm like, show me an offer. Well, no, that's not how it works. You have to sign a contract with us first. No, no, no. That's not how it works. Show me an yeah. offer and then I'll sign a contract. Like you got a buyer online. We'll do that. Like, that's fine. And if you can promise me that type of money, absolutely. I'll step away from the business. <laughs> but you know, it's just one of those, I will never do anything that will leave any sort of hardship without some sort of contract. And even if there is a contract, the hard thing is, is living up to those contracts. Um, sometimes contracts are written and then put in a filing cabinet completely forgotten about. And unfortunately, when worse comes to worse, that contract is pulled out and everybody's like, oh crap, we had a contract. I forgot about that. You know? And I think that's where disc golf is. Disc golf is a lot of, you know, like 
of the same people going through so many different places and so many different manufacturers that they just trust that the right thing's going to happen and they don't watch their contracts. So um, hopefully it gets, I think it's getting better. And I think especially after what's going on right now that we'll talk about in a bit, that's probably going to get even more ironclad. Um, so with that being said, why do you suck, Ben? Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I can't, I mean, I still can't putt in the last episode. I mean, I'm still mm-hmm. hitting cages, mm-hmm. but that's just a matter of, I just got to like actually get in reps. Cause you know, for a long time I thought, you know, everybody that said, Oh yeah, you need to practice putting to be good at putting. I was like, you're a liar. Uh, I can just go out there and do it. Uh, no, yeah, yeah. um, disc golf wise, I've just been changing my bag up too much of just like mm-hmm. not really figuring out how a disc flies and it's just like you know obviously you'll ask me in a minute what i bought and it's just like oh i bought things let's see what they do and then like i'm just putting them in the bag <laughs> yeah. and i'm like oh, okay and mm-hmm. i didn't and then i didn't give it a fair shot but so like that right. but yeah right yeah you expect the discs to change your game when in reality you should change your game to fit the disc <laughs> If that makes any sense, you know, you should yeah. be good enough and have enough to be able to do that yourself and pick up the disc and make the disc do what the disc is supposed to do. Not, you know, the disc mask your, and we, it's funny. We had that conversation in the shop where like selling discs to new people where people come in and they want a disc that's going to do something for them. And you're like, so how do you throw? How far do you throw? Oh, absolutely. A captain's Raptor throwing 250 feet. That's a perfect disc for you. Like, no, that's not what we should say. But how do you say that without turning them away? You know, like, how do you point them in a direction of like, you should be using a Vandal, not a captain's Raptor, <laughs> you know, for or sure. You should be on a heat, not a captain's Raptor. Yeah. So no, I get it. So, and I will say that I suck for the absolute same reason. The fact that, uh, I'm kind of a discord. Um, I have a fudge, which is a judge Mm -hmm. of another name and a different uh, parent. And then I have a vanilla and the vanilla is fantastic. So the vanilla is a beat in grace. Um, Mm. so it has this beautiful stability to it, but still workable. If that makes any sense. Yeah. I haven't thrown it enough to give it the true work in and actually break it in. Um, and I haven't used clashes discs enough in the steady plastic to know how much they beat in and all that, but it's a slow am, beat in. I'll say that it's it a is slow, slow. It's a slow beat in. So, so that's good. So it's similar to lucid then lucid takes a while yep. to break in. All right. So I'm excited about it. I mean, I like, but that's my problem. Like, I told myself for the last, I think I've said this three times since we've been doing why do you suck? <laughs> and I just went ahead and did it again. Um, so there's the also, judge. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say just quick. There's also that thing of like, you see a pro doing something with the disc and you're like, Oh yeah. Like I can, I, I won't throw it as far, but I can get it to do that. And then you go exactly. out and buy it. And then you like, Oh, I can't get it to do that because of uh-huh. all, all these varying factors. They've had that disc mm-hmm. for five years and it's just beat beat in or it's, it's perfectly brand new out of the bag or out of the box. And then they just mm-hmm. can do whatever. Like and you're just like, oh, no, I, I can't. I can't do that. And their, that re- their release speed is 70 miles an hour and yours is 40. 100 <laughs> percent. Absolutely. Without a doubt. 
and they release the disc on plane. You have a bunch of oat, you know, it's like mm-hmm. all those things that you, you, you think you don't have. And then you're like, well, yeah, I do. You know, like I do that all the time. It's so all, sad. All amateur disc golfers or just people not on the pro tour, just in general are all the definition of insanity. We do the same thing over and over again, expecting mm-hmm. a different result. And we just don't yep. ever learn from our mistakes. Exactly. So I guess that kind of went into our thrower hanger flipper. Um, but yeah, how about a vanilla and a fudge? And like I said, the fudge is a judge. Um, very, very similar. There's a just cross out the F and just write J. And I, I so want to bring Bobby on and just be like, all right, seriously, you call it the fudge. It's the exact mold as a judge, not the exact mold, but it is pretty darn close. It's as close to a judge as you can get. And then you call it the fudge. Like really? So yeah, I think he had influence in that one. It fits in with the candy. That's their other putter that's mm-hmm. coming out soon. But mm-hmm. yeah, what was the other one? The cinnamon that just came out recently? No, yes, yeah, the cinnamon. cinnamon. They got a lot of stuff that's coming down just seeing online. They got the cinnamon, they got the cherry, the candy. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. vanilla just came out. The sage is coming out soon as well. Yep. That's a distance driver. Mm-hmm. Bobby, you're getting a lot of love tonight because the only two things that I got coming are um, some softy butters that are replacing the from Bobby and Clash. They, they're mm-hmm. taking care of me. Mm-hmm. The They're replacing the, the bleeding softy butters. But then yeah. I also bought a vanilla because you texted our <laughs> oh, group and right. said <laughs> the vanilla is great. And I was like, yeah, I wanted one, but I couldn't find one. And then like I was searching the internet. I was like, wait, I found one at OTV. OTV. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And we never had them in shop because we, you know, we're not privy to the releases of Clash. We weren't privy to the releases of Clash. So, um, but now we are. Um, but yeah, it's it's a beautiful. I'm interested to see your thoughts um, on it once you get it because I think it's going to be in your royal house. It is. I don't know if it stands true to the neg two. Okay, I think it's like that neg one point five. So is probably where I would put it. So what I'm hoping for out of it is, um, I really love my my honey for you know flip up shots and you know mm-hmm. um understable kind of long distance shots i'm hoping for something that's in that like a speed like a slot slower so obviously the 11 speed but with more stability right so like that's, that's exactly where it's gonna fit awesome that was that's what i was exactly hoping it would where it's be, so fit. yep yep and for those of you who don't know i think it's an 11 5 neg 2 2 okay one two so um, I don't have it in front of me or else I would let you know. So, yeah, so that's what I bought. So I actually had something to contribute to this. I usually don't, um, but been throwing a little bit more, um, been kind of taking back the game because um, I, I just got a little solid on it for a little bit and I was like hurting and like there was just so much that was going on that I had all these excuses not to play and there were no excuses. And yeah, I just missed the game. So I was just like, you know what? I'm taking this back for myself. I'm going to go play. And I've been enjoying it, you know, and I've actually, I hated playing by myself and I'm really enjoying playing by myself again. And, uh, so I'm happy. Wow. It's raining hard. Um, so I'm pretty happy, um, that I'm getting out and it's, I'm coming back together. Like my nose angles are getting better. All that stuff is coming better. So now if I could just stick with the disc, cause all the discs are foreign in my bag now, like everything I throw is just doesn't feel right. The only thing that feels right is you know, like my judge by Emacs and mm. 
outside of that, like even picking up the hex or the comet or even the comet. I mean, I've had the comet in my bag for a long time. They just don't feel comfortable with it. So now I've been like trying to like, oh, I got to solve my problem with other discs. So, all right, well, let's go over with the preview. So um, we have PCS Hula. We'll go over that. Um, we'll talk about uh, Paige Pierce. We're going to talk about Yuli and then the FPO Saga. So um, we will see. And that FPO Saga is one that I think will be a good conversation because I think Ben and I kind of stand on different sides of it. Um, we don't yeah. believe the same thing on it. And I think it's going to be a good conversation because you're going to hear from kind of both sides. Um, I don't think either of us are staunch one way or the other, um, but it'll be fun. So, and then we'll have Ben's random question and then we'll do some shop updates. So we do have a crud ton of discs coming in pretty soon. We do have trilogy challenge discs coming in. We have all kinds of fun stuff because we're running a trilogy challenge on August 20th. Um, so We'll be getting all those up and I got to post that. I just got the approval yesterday. So, or no, excuse me, Friday. So with that being said, let's get into PCS Sula. So um, I only watched highlights of it and I know that Paul Macbeth and Chris and Sitar won, but outside of that, I didn't watch really much else. Um, I know that there was some pretty solid play and beautiful course, but that's it. Yeah, so I um, caught the, about the last six holes of FPO on championship Saturday um and just because of the time difference and you know the the emails come in from dgn of when they're starting and like i look right. back and it was like 2 30 in the morning and yeah. i'm an early riser as as you know shane mm -hmm. um so mm -hmm. i was up um basically Kristen did not play super super well on championship saturday and missy was right there Kristen ended up bogeying mm -hmm. three holes in a row at one point um on 17 missy had a chance to tie uh mm -hmm. Kristen going into 18 and she ended up taking an unfortunate cage hit um she had to go to a, a, a straddle putt and that's not her style mm -hmm. just based on the obstacles in front of her um so she gave it about a good run she was probably about edge of circle maybe maybe just out mm -hmm. maybe just a tad outside um and then she unfortunately went she went for on 18. She was throwing first on the upshot and she ended up going mm -hmm. out of bounds. So Kristen could win with a bogey. Um, so Kristen just had to get there. Um, but on the FPO side, um, really cool to see a Norwegian local, a 15 year old. Um, I don't remember her first name. I just know her last name is Nessa. And she ended up being, mm -hmm. uh, taking fourth place, I believe. So uh, watch out for, for that name uh, down the line. Um, I, then, I love seeing the European tour strengthen because I think it's giving a lot more challenge and a lot more push to the traditionally dominant North American group. Um, well, Americans for that matter. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then, and then on the MPO side, Paul just doing Paul things, you know, he is not washed up. Uh, he, no. um, for the third week in a row. He's not. Yeah. He's not washed up. Um, James, James Proctor came out, out of the gate pretty strong on the MPO side. Um, and Paul kept pace with him. And then James just kind of fluttered and Paul just kind of put the pedal down and just said, yeah, it's go time. And then Calvin mm -hmm. and Eagle kind of fell a bit, but, um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul, Paul just didn't make really any mi mistakes. Like, you know, he just took his medicine and got a par when he needed to. 
got worked worked hard and got bogey or got birdies. That was really all it was. Is he just played? In my opinion, he just played really smart disc golf. Mm-hmm. And he had hot round by six strokes. The closest to him was Nick, Nicholas and Tia of negative nine um, for the la- the final round, and um, he had a neg thirteen on the round. So a neg eight, and then he had a neg thirteen. So he was five strokes um, better than anybody on the day. So Paul McBeth, yeah. everybody. <laughs> but you know he's been over there for a month. Yeah, um, you know he's been he's been putting in work over there. I mean, so and he's, I know he didn't start out well, but no, he's good his now. I saw I saw the the stat from Statmando that was like after like his thirty eighth. Fin- place finish he went like first sixth first first like nothing off the point mm-hmm. like so he was just mm-hmm. figured it out and that makes that just makes him dangerous going into this this uh european open week here coming up right right i apologize about the dogs well, i have a visitor and they they have two little dogs that love yapping so if you hear them in the background um i apologize so with that um let's talk about page pierce so I heard I heard something different than you did, or I read something different than you did, um, but she broke her leg, and um, she did it on the course. You think? I so I yeah so I I I saw the first part that says she like that she her Instagram said she broke her leg, and then I saw a tweet of somebody that posted a a, a screenshot of the bridge on the course and said that this is the bridge that Paige broke her leg at they put turf over it now and it was like on the course. So like, I'm not entirely sure as to which is correct. However, all the same page broke her leg and she is out for at a minimum six to eight weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, like a kind of a, yeah, I'm trying. Oh, there she is. Yeah. So I'll get a chance to go in the future again. Sometimes life gives you, yeah. Sometimes life gives you a slippery bridge to cross and I'm happy to have such great friends who helped me through the scariest day of my life. So, you know, unfortunate like that, that really, really sucks that she went through that. Um, it sucks to not see her on tour over there because, uh, like I've said time and time again, a uh, uh, field with Paige Pierce in it is a better field. Um, so it sucks to not see her there, but unfortunately it is what it is. Um, so hopefully she gets it back to the States um, in good health and is able to heal up and we see her soon. So back out on tour. Well, soon enough, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. She says in a few months, I'll be back stronger with metal plates and screws in her leg. Wow. At least, at least <laughs> she's in crazy. good, at least she's in good spirits. Exactly. So let's have a conversation about the bridge. So if it is on a course, is that something? So I know that's a fairly, moist area for those of you who don't like the word moist there you go um do you think something should have been done or is this just a hey i wore the wrong shoes oh she's an idiot wearer isn't she i think so i i don't remember Uh-oh. um i it's so hard right like it, it was it was a wood structure and it's a wood bridge and like in disc mm-hmm. golf we walk over these wood structures literally all the time um 
I, th- I think this is just, I don't want to call it a fluke. I think that this is just a very unfortunate situation of she just kind of planted the wrong way. Mm. Uh, and, you know, she, you know, something, you know, she fell, or she did something, right? Like I can't, right. I think it's really hard to pinpoint to, to something, to whether it, you mm-hmm. know, um, yeah. to, to anything like that, like that. Yeah. Well, and I think I said like earlier, you know, you probably have a, if it's on a course, you probably have a hundred plus people that walked across that bridge. She just happened to be the unfortunate one that broke her leg. You know, there might've been others that fell, but man, that it just sucks. Like sometimes you just fall the wrong way and break your leg. I mean, it's like, it's like those people that sneeze and their back goes out for a week, <laughs> you know, like it happens, like it happens and it sucks, but, um, wish her well and quick healing. Yeah. So, anything else? Yeah, no, I think, yeah, that's really all we can do. I think Paige well, is going to be, probably, hopefully she just kind of takes care of the mental side of things because, you know, that's that's the only thing at this point that she can do is just stay determined, stay focused, mm-hmm. try not to let the setback, you know, get get the best of her. That's, that's really right. what I think it comes down to. Good, good. All right. Well, Yuli hits a milestone, and Yuli has – Officially, what was it, the 200th start in an elite or major? Yeah. In a row. I don't know if a, in a row. I think it's just like he has 200 starts. Because, like, I'm sure I'm sure at some point in his career there's been majors. Yeah, didn't he have, majors. Like a leg for a while or something? Yeah, because I think that there's yeah, also wow. probably been a USDGC over his career that he maybe just had, didn't qualify for or, you know, mm-hmm. Some, mm-hmm. You know something like that. But... Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's the new Iron Man in terms of that record. Um, uh-huh. So really, just props to him for you know the longevity of his career. And I think right. he's probably like what maybe thirty four, thirty five. So he's still got you know maybe mm-hmm. maybe thirty four, thirty five, thirty six somewhere in in there. Yeah, that was uh, thirty six for some reason because I thought Germ was like thirty eight and he was two years younger. Ah, but yeah, he's regardless mid thirties. Yeah. How about that? Yeah, we'll go with that. So either way, <laughs> he still has like at least a, a few years left before he can move into master. Mm-hmm. So think about that. And he's still a determined guy. And he's always said that the one thing he's missing is a major title. So he's going to be right. He's hunting that down and, and he played really well this weekend at, at, at PCS Sula. So mm-hmm. um, I've props to him, you know, just hanging around and page page makes the fpo field better yuli makes disc golf better him being around because he's just so yeah. knowledgeable and such a good guy yep i agree i agree uh, yuli is one ironically i'm wearing the really worn out yuli hat so yuli if you see this i could really use one of these these are awesome i have a really giant head and they fit my <laughs> head very well <laughs> um but yeah i think that's yeah i love yuli as a personality i'm a, a huge huge fan I think him with anybody else makes that person better. And I'm a huge um, Brody fan. And I think him with Brody, as long as their audio issues aren't acting up. That's just a running bit at this point. (laughs) It has to be. It has to be. Um, I love love their interactions. And I love it when Yuli is able to speak coherently and clearly through a microphone that works. And I think he adds so much to that podcast and I think he elevates that podcast a lot. So, um, I am just through and through a huge fan, his commentary on Joe Mez, like I can go on and on. I'm a, I'm a fanboy. Um, so with that all being said, 
I want to start this next conversation with saying that I'm going to make light of a lot of these things and bring a little, um, I guess, probably some backhanded, you know, goofy comments. But ultimately, um, all this conversation is just a conversation. So with that being said, we're going to talk about the FPL saga. So the fact that the PDGA has taken their ball and gone home because this their pockets are empty. Just the this, this is or just the pro, the pro tour, tour. Excuse me, the disc yeah. golf pro tour says I'm taking my ball and going home because our pockets are empty. We can't fight any more legal battles in regards to the FPO division and the transgender rule that they are backing, which is set by the PDGA that they have adopted. So, with that being said they have decided to say we're not going to have any more FPO events for the disc golf pro tour. And they're going to try to find different places to play them. They're going to try to find alternate, but they're not going to have a FPO division. So MPO, they're still available. And have you heard anything, whether they're going to open the MPO division and add spaces now that they've dropped the FPO? I have not heard anything of that. I just, I think it's also important that we mentioned that they laid out five events. So only mm-hmm. five events for the FPO. So I don't, I'd have to look at the schedule and see what's left, but there were yeah. five, like there were five that were in question of saying, this is the plan. This is where we're at. This is kind of what's happening. And I think the big Should one be is responsible and lay yeah. those out. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, you go ahead and talk while I look those up. Yeah. I know that the big one that is going to be just an absolute bummer is, is that the one that was m- mentioned and it is important that they figure that out pretty quick is Maple Hill at MVP open. Um, mm-hmm. And because that's a playoff event and that was a very large purse for that event. Um, this mm-hmm. is also in contradiction to what Steve Dodge had said on the Nick and Matt show, I believe, or somewhere else. Steve Dodge is obviously the TD for that event. He said that yep. the FPO field was not going anywhere. Um, well, right. here we are. We've reached that. And, um, and he can make that decision. It just would not be a, a DGPT sanctioned event. Correct. If he decides to continue to run with the... I think it effectively would be two separate tournaments then in he would have to get so many waivers and so many things filled out with the PDGA that he would have mm-hmm. to, that the FPO field would be an A tier, which then Natalie Ryan mm-hmm. would still be able to, to play. Right. Um, right. Yeah. So this, there's just a lot, a lot of moving parts to this. I don't yep. know. And there's if, gonna there's nothing but hurt feelings in this, in any direction you go. Um, sadly. Yeah. So um, mid America open. Nothing's happening. So on 28th and 30th, 28th through the 30th, July, um, still a go. Nothing is changing. So Ledgestone um, will be, so Deglo will be um, no FPO. Um, Idlewild, no changes currently planned. Great Lakes Open, so Deglo, excuse me. So Ledgestone and then Deglo. Um, uh, American Flying Disc Open, which is a silver series. The Dismania Open, also no FPO division. That one's in Canada. Uh, MVP. Yep. And then MVP, um, the GGP has canceled the FPO. And then the Disc Golf Pro Tour Championship, as of right now, no changes. So the biggest thing that is pretty clear is that they are eliminating the events that happen in states that lawsuits are possible for this 
matter as far as transgender athletes competing in a protected division. Um, so essentially primarily red states, like you said, Ben, um, so more conservative states is kind of where it's happening. Um, the least concern, oh, excuse me, the non, the blue states. So the least conservative, uh, or more conservative states are trying to move some of these events into neighboring states that will allow them where the litigation can't happen. Um, so for instance, Ledgestone happens in Illinois and that is a predominantly blue state, I would say, um, and would allow a lawsuit to happen. Um, you know, so on and on. So we go on Michigan, blue state. Well, that's kind of a purple state, but yeah, it has a, you know, a, has a leaning towards recency, recency, right now, right? recency that is their governor is she is a Democrat. So, right. Yeah, so, right. but that's a very, just like Wisconsin, that's a very purple state. Yes, exactly. So, you know, all in all, what they're doing is they're making decisions based on their pocket. Um, and I think there are cascading effects and auxiliary like collateral damage that's happening that whether they care or don't care it's happening but it's not the best thing that can happen because i think it's only going to further this divide that is already there and you know for in my humble opinion i think it's a this was 100% my opinion i think it's a tragedy that an entire division is being cut out of the disc golf pro tour due to lawsuits. But I know that you'll have a, you'll, you'll have a probably a very similar opinion, but she's probably coming from a different direction. Um, it just, it sucks. Like, why are we just when, and I'll talk kind of a little bit of history, just when we're starting to see the FPO division, get the sponsorship, get the money, get the time, you know, the airtime, you know, get the talking points. Like everything is getting up to par. Like the pay is getting up there. I mean, everything is getting to a point where, you know, like the pace, the, the players payouts on MPO compared to FPO based on the amount of money that is brought in FPO is being paid out way more than MPO percentage wise of the money that's being brought in. So we're looking at things that are happening that are bringing, bringing the FPO up. And now in the biggest level of our, or the highest level of our sport, it's gone. That sucks. <laughs> you know, nothing else to be said about it. it. It sucks. And it's all due to lawsuits and whether, whether valid or not valid, it still affects the entirety of FPO. That sucks. So I don't know. That's, it's about all I have to say about it. I mean, I don't, I don't know if there's really anything else productive that I can add other than that sucks. <laughs> so with that being said, Ben. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't disagree. Like I would not like, I would just mm -hmm. be a D bag if I was like, yeah, burn the FPO division. No, absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely yeah. not. That is not at all where I'm coming. Like what I think. I agree that I think mm -hmm. it sucks. I think that I'm going to say this and I think that you would agree, regardless of how you feel, anybody coming at Natalie and saying that you are the reason that this is happening and attacking her personally makes you a clown. 
Yeah. Yeah. Like you don't like regardless of how you feel, you just don't get to attack a person for that. Like, Mm -hmm. yes, like, yes, obviously there's a ripple effect of these things that are happening, of course. But I think that what I truly believe, and this is just my opinion, is, is that all of the lawsuits were, were going to happen regardless, you know, because that's just the way that this works. People don't like that things are happening and they find lawsuits, things happen. People sue everybody in America all the time and foreigners find mm-hmm. it bizarre. And mm-hmm. it's just the truth. I think, though, that regardless of how you feel, I think that people need to understand and respect the fact that this was also going to happen because of the way that the PDGA's policy was written in that essentially they are creating two separate policies and but you know putting it all under one like this the policy was just written so poorly that it opened the door for these lawsuits to happen so because of the split and that of elite series and majors and a tiers and it's just like this policy was not if they had one so like what I'm the way my brain is kind of working right now is, is that if the PDGA mm-hmm. came out and they said this is our policy and it's for all of disc golf. A tiers, B tiers, C tiers, X tiers, majors, elite series, whatever. This is our policy. This is anything under the PDGA umbrella. This is anything under the PDGA umbrella. Okay. Natalie mm-hmm. then has a lawsuit or whomever has a lawsuit that is just solely with the PDGA and then they can argue and they can litigate on mm-hmm. is this discrimination or not. Mhm. The way that this policy was written, because Natalie was effectively the only touring trans athlete on the tour, this has then opened the door for her to come into all these states and say, hey, here's all this evidence, and you are pinpointing the events that I play in. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, every you know everybody plays their select handful of A-tiers that mean something to them or they fill a weekend, right? But when you look mm-hmm. at a touring pro's majority, that's that's that. So, so I understand why people like, I get it. I like this sucks for the FPO field. I truly do. But I think that the Mm -hmm. only people that anybody has to blame for this, the the pro tour needs to blame the PDGA for this. And I think the players need to really take a step back and look at this and say, where, where did this originate from? Because like, Mm -hmm. I understand you're mad. You're mad at that, that that all this litigation is happening. I understand that you're mad at this, that the, you know, the pro tour got to this point because they ran out of money. Mm-hmm. But like, let's take a step back as humans and let's figure out the why. And the why, in my personal opinion, is because the policy, the way that it's written, it opened the door for litigation. Litigation was going to happen regardless if, if you know, what it happening now and it ha- and it would have happened if they had this blanket but at least that was just going to be just the natalie ryan versus the pdga and it'd be one court case and everything would just going to happen right right well in the in the uniqueness of disc golf so i agree with you on the pdga and, and i think it's been said over and over again that i think the rule that they made was they're trying to appease both parties and they failed miserably on it. And, you know, we've, we've seen that happen in multiple different decisions, but in the PDGA in general, like that was what happened. Like we're trying to play both sides and appease both sides. And we really failed miserably doing it. So the uniqueness of the PDGA and the disc golf pro tour and the events that are held is that they are 
under the PDGA's umbrella, but ultimately ran by individuals. So I am sure they're getting pressure, not only from, from the disc golf pro tour, of course, is getting pressure, probably not only from, you know, Natalie Ryan's side suing, you know, putting all these lawsuits, but also probably from the, the tournament directors saying like, I don't want any part of this, figure it out before you come to me. Because I mean, especially Nate Heinold was, I think is the next big one that's coming Ledgestone. Next two, he's got D glow too. Yeah. And D glow. So, you know, for those two, it's like Nate Heinold's like, I'm out, man. Like, cause I don't want to be part of this lawsuit. I'm already part of it as the PDGA. I don't want this personally as the TD, you know, and I'm sure that in my humble opinion, I'm sure that Steve Jod Dodge is probably thinking the same thing and doesn't, um, isn't, um, God, what's his name? Why can't I think of the, the director of the DGPT, um, Jeff spring and Phil Deloney. Spring. Yeah. So I'm, I'm sure they're thinking the same thing because Jeff spring has an event coming up as well. Yeah. World. You know, like, so yeah. And world. So, I'm sure there's pressures from so many different directions that the disc golf pro tour just said, ah. and if it was, if it's written in stone, if it's not written in stone, it probably will be pretty soon. I'm assuming that worlds is going to be FPO list as well. I, and that's an assumption. Yeah. I, so, so I, I, yeah, I don't know. Vermont is a, is a fairly blue state. So who, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen with, with that. My, my stance on this is, is that it isn't as it currently stands. And we'll just compare disc golf for a hot second to, to the big brother of golf. Okay. So like on golf, you have the PGA tour, which is all independent and they don't own any of the majors similar in a sense to disc golf, mm-hmm. but in disc golf right now, the PDGA relies so much right now, currently on the pro tours infrastructure and on pro tour TDs to run the majors. And there's money being exchanged. What, how that works and what that looks like. We don't know, but there is money being exchanged behind the scenes between the pro tour and the PDGA. So it is obviously in the best interest of the pro tour to always stay and maintain the good graces of the PDGA. So obviously, yes, the pro tour could exist on its own. I truly think it could without the PDGA. However, because of what I just mentioned, they just can't. Well, no, it's, it's all a matter of money. I mean, that's the reason they made the decision. That's the reason they're staying with the pro. T- I mean, with uh, the PDGA. I mean, I think, I think there's a lot of dollar signs behind the scenes that are pointing to the fact that they're trying to mitigate the risk that they have built within the decision that they're backing that the PDGA created. That was a, that was a mouthful, but I think I got yeah. it right. <laughs> no, <laughs> I know? yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. So, Um, yeah, it's, I think that this is going to be now granted, I I have no connections to anybody on the pro tour. Don't know anybody. Mm -hmm. I, however, and people can, if they want to follow me on Twitter, I had this exchange with Kevin from the shop um, and just some other Mm -hmm. people kind of weighing in, including 
uh, Neptune Disc. Neptune Disc, uh, who obviously sponsors Natalie, got a hold of my tweet and they saw the thread between Kevin and I, and they basically had just said, "Hey, disc golf people, this is how a conversation should be had on on Twitter. Open to new ideas, new discussions. Nobody attacked anybody. We appreciate that. So, thank mm-hmm. you, Neptune Disc, for you know seeing us and." And, you know, propping us up for that. That was always our intention. However, my tweet thread with Kevin said that this is a historic moment in the sense that I think that this needs to be the start of the Professional Disc Golfers Association, effectively the first players union. Regardless of how the players feel or however they would vote on the Natalie thing, we're going to put that aside because if they vote and they have a union and, you know, they can obviously vote on different measures, but. I think that this would start to set standards and practices for how the tour essentially operates. Because if they had a players union, they'd be working in tandem with trying to figure out what does this look like for fair competition in states. So that the, because right now the pro tour just said sucks for all you FPO uh, players. You guys just Mm -hmm. lost five events and five potential money-making opportunities. Mm -hmm. A union, (laughs) in all other sports and in all other other facets of life and labor would have pushed back and had the ability to say, okay, let's, let's put some rules in place here. Let's think about this. Now. Yes. Obviously I believe that the pro tour is acting in good faith, trying to make up these events somewhere else. However, mm-hmm. hotel rooms, Airbnbs, plane travel, you know, all these other mm-hmm. things that now like they're not comp. They're not comp. The pro tour is not going to compensate the players for you know airfare or anything mm-hmm. else. Trying to figure that out, like there's and they yep. just said you're on your own. Yep. If they don't have enough money for the retainers for the lawyers, <laughs> they're not going to have enough money for doing that stuff. No. You know, and, and maybe maybe they're picking their battles. Maybe there is money there to do it, but maybe they're like, let's just figure out the one in. Oregon and California. And I think there's one other state there's active Minnesota. lawsuits going Minnesota. So let's figure out these three first and then go from there. And, you know, and I, I agree that this would be the most opportune time to create a player's union. Uh, you know, is, is there truly a necessity for players union? Because I think this, this particular item, if we're just talking about this, I know you said set this Natalie Ryan thing aside, but you know, ultimately this is the players union could have helped with this situation. Well, they but, need to have a lawyer, not a player rep, not like a beacon, but like a legit, like a disc golf, that law type lawyer, because somebody mm-hmm. that handles arbitration is a true juris doctor. Mm-hmm. Like, so that's just what I'm. Oh, a- yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's, that would probably have been, and, and when the rule is being created, it could have been consulted, you know? Yeah. Ultimately, this situation would have probably happened no matter what. Yes. Um, but it could have been stopped. So we, we let's reverse time. What, it was a, been a year since they implemented the rule? Uh, well, it came maybe a, a little it, over or two years, right? The No, no the, last year. It went in like they they worked behind the scenes in November because we were on this mm-hmm. podcast or you guys were talking about it before I, maybe I had joined, but like in November, yeah. Natalie went to like the PDGA summit. The PDGA summit happened in November, December, the rule came out and they were like, January one, it's happening. Deal with yep. it. So, yep. Yep. That, so yeah. So it's been in effect this season. Yep. 
reverse clock, it could have been handled well before that. And it maybe would have stopped this from happening. But, you know, it's <laughs> it's hard because there is no league that the players union is fighting. Every event is private event. The disc golf pro tour is all held by individual events. I mean, they just kind of oversee standards and they have a rules, you know, so until there's some more concrete, and I think this is like what you said, I think there's, there's more concrete stuff that can happen if these things start to happen. And I think, protecting the players, whether it was for Natalie Ryan or against Natalie Ryan, I think all of that stuff would have been hashed out by now and we wouldn't be in this situation. And then it would be the players union fighting this battle, not the PGA or the disc golf pro tour. Yeah. And we wouldn't be losing events. potentially. No, no, absolutely not. And other things that I just think about when I was thinking and crafting this, this whole thing about, you know, standards and practices with the union um, in other unions in just sports, cause we'll pinpoint sports, they set standards as far as like teams and how they operate. You know, obviously a disc golf team is different than, you know, a professional sports team in one of the other majors, the NBA, BAM will be whatever, but they would be able to implement some standards as far as like a, a minimum, like a baseline minimum for certain things as far as just like an industry standard as far as like travel compensation or like a per diem for meals on the road or like Mm -hmm. set some of these industry standards as far as like baselines for like tour series discs runs or just like you know some of these more industry creating standards as far as like making sure that we are taking care of the players on the road fighting like a union fighting for that health like these you know, I think a, a good union standpoint from this would be like, hey, we are really employees of this manufacturer, so we should be able to be entitled to purchase health care through your mm-hmm. company, right? So some of these mm-hmm. other like things that are just taking care of, of the players would be really beneficial for from a union standpoint to have. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I guess I can see some of the benefits to what it would be, but you know, mark my words, I, don't mark my words, but I, I would assume and in my mind, the way my mind's eye works as grassroots as disc golf is, I think something of that magnitude would probably destroy what disc golf is. Um, because I don't think it's, it's not the union that would destroy it. It's the fact that the union would have nothing to go after and people would just abandon the idea of trying to sponsor players and things like that. Because why, what, what's the benefit for me if I have to shell out all this stuff when, you know, in reality, I'm assuming that most disc golf manufacturers outside of the big three, big four, you know, outside of the, no one else. So all these tiny little brands that have these teams, they're gone. Those teams are gone. You know, they'll push their brands through marketing and things like that. Maybe not a bad thing, but in the same regard, like it, as disc, disc golf as we know it would would deteriorate. I think. I um, I just am in the would camp. Would be a bad thing. I'm just in the camp that this is no longer a, a niche sport. Like this is no longer just like I'm in the camp of that we have not hit the mainstream, but that we have moved into a different era. That this that this old era, like that, is the camp that I live in, and that this is a legit professional sport, and that this is like with LL Bean coming on and all these other things that we are no longer like 
the old like the the days of old are gone like like in that sense that the the we have hit a new era and that this things are changing and things are happening so i under but, i'm not i'm not advocating for like the union like flipping everything and on its head i'm just saying like right, 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 creating right. those levels of standards of like how do we as a player group yeah. ensure that all of us are being taken care of and that bad things don't happen to us or that we are not right i don't want to say objectified right but like you're not being taken advantage of in in some areas of being a professional disc golfer right right yeah and i you know i think that's there's merit to that like i said i i don't think so but we also have i, I do think so but we also have to keep in mind that ll bean is not the biggest thing that's ever happened to disc golf budweiser used to sponsor the world championships disc golf has gone through ebbs and flows and sponsorships. I mean, if that's, if that's the pinnacle of what makes disc golf mainstream is the sponsorship dollars, they've been there. They've been, and they've been taken out and now they're back. But I think our sport is so young. And when I say our sport is so young, the majority of PDJ registered PDJ players as in three quarters, uh, what, 150,000 members happened within the last four years. And we only have 250,000 members. So you think about it in that regard, in the last four to five years, 150,000. So we more than doubled our, our registered players just in five years. So you, you hear those things, but like disc golf has been there before. And we kind of ebbed and now we're kind of growing back. Now, no arguing that disc golf is bigger than it's ever been. I don't know if I would agree it's mainstream yet, though. I don't you think know, it's. I know there's bigger dollars than have ever been there. And I think those dollars need to be protected, especially for the players. But, man, I, I don't know if I would call it a cornhole's bigger than disc golf. Like, I don't know. I just think. My personal view on it is is that I think like the the tour is becoming its the tour and the professional game are becoming its whole a whole its whole entity and its whole animal. Mm -hmm. So like I think like that portion of it is not like super mainstream, but I don't think that like I think just like the thought behind it and the things are just different and that it's mm -hmm. I don't want to call it standardized, but it just it is like you know, like you don't, it's becoming better for sure. So like, that's what I'm yeah. saying as far as just mm -hmm. like that we need to create like these or just like separate like these two camps that they're very, they're very different in the sense of just right. that, like we're talking about like a union that would effectively just be anybody with a tour card. So like we're talking, you know, what those hundred and 50 players. Or yeah. That we need yeah, to, yeah. that we do just like, we just do need to treat them differently because that is, that is, it just truly is like, they are different mm -hmm. in that, mm -hmm. in that sense. So I would agree. I would agree. Yeah. They're not the, the grocery bag, Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, they're, I mean, absolutely. They, they are, they are true professional athletes. I a hundred percent agree with that. And you know, and don't get me wrong. Let me finish by saying I love disc golf. And disc golf has grown tremendously from when I started playing and in 2000, 2001, 99, whenever it was that I first threw my first disc compared to now, the difference in disc golf is astonishing. Um, and it's great. 
these are growing pains. These are fantastic problems to have aside from the lawsuits. These are fantastic problems to have um, outside of, you know, the, that FPO saga we're talking about. These are great problems to have growth problems. It does. It is hard to see a sport you love that has never really had any drama to have this much drama over essentially one person. You know, and it's it stinks to see it because we're the inclusive sport, and yet the issues we're having are about not being inclusive. <laughs> no matter how you fall on that line, it it just sucks to see it. You know, it just sucks to see it. I want to go back to the days of Paul Macbeth saying, "This is my job." <laughs> you know, like it's just the easy fun airy like go grab some discs and throw some discs but it is it's like real now and i think that's what you're getting at like it's real yeah <laughs> you know that, that sucks yeah i think that i think you but it's it awesome i think i think <laughs> yeah. you kind of just summed it up is that for like i like this isn't like I, th I think like the thing to encompass this is, is that it is real it is real and then when mm -hmm. you tell somebody you are a professional disc golfer it's not the Oh, how are you making any money? It's more of like, oh, that's cool. Like, you know, mm -hmm. when you tell, mm -hmm. like, when, like, these pros tell people, like, oh, that's cool. Like, where are you playing? What are you doing next? Like, people, more people have a genuine understanding of what disc golf is, like, as a general mm -hmm. public now, in that it is real and it's not the, oh, like, wh so what do you actually do for work? Right. Like, it's yeah, like exactly. that. Like, so those days are work. Yeah. Like, those days are yeah. gone. So, like, that's where I think, like, this legitimacy is is coming in and oh yeah so maybe not main, well, I mean, even maybe I, not mainstream but legitimacy is probably a better word oh for sure and even when i explain stuff you know being being around the people that i'm around i you know i, I talk to a lot of new people and they're always asking me about what i do and things and it's it's one of those like when people ask oh, so what's the stuff you do outside of work for fun and you know the first thing is disc golf because that's always what I do. It's like disc golf, mountain biking, kids, you know, the kids usually come first, but <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But when I bring up disc golf, disc golf, they're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, you know, there's a course before it was like, what's disc golf? Well, it's a Frisbee golf. Oh, Frisbee golf. Yeah. Yeah. Or they're like, oh, it's like golf with the disc or with the Frisbee. And they're like, oh, okay. I think I've heard of that before. Or they'll be like, oh, I heard that on Seinfeld, <laughs> you know, like those are the comments we got. Yeah. But now, now it's just like, oh yeah, I know someone or I, so yeah, I get it. You know, I've seen that happen. I've seen that transition, especially with the amount of people that I talk to on a daily basis. It's, it's, uh, it's neat to see that. So you know what wouldn't happen with a players union? What's that? Handshake deals. <laughs> there you go. Bringing it all the way around. I like that. <laughs> no, there wouldn't. But it would make deals so much more. Actually, I think it'd be fun. You know, and, and as a disc golf media, and I'll throw up my quotes, my media. <laughs> um, it would give us so much more to make fun of and talk about like some of these deals that would happen 
It would be fantastic. I just, it'd be great. It'd be great to see, especially because you know how like bands have like riders and stuff for when they go at venues. I want to know mm-hmm. like who's putting something weird. Who's getting something weird in their in their contract? Like <laughs> exactly. Like I've heard of like bands who has to stuff. have all the blue M and M's at the putting green. <laughs> so yeah. So like it's funny is that I've heard I've heard the reason why people put those weird requests in is is to make sure that the peer, that the people who are reading the writer or it's to make sure that people are actually reading the writer. So they're put to, mm-hmm. because some of the things are just like in the rider are like, we get paid on this day. This is who people get paid. This is who like, this is what time we need to be able to load in. This is what time, mm-hmm. like w- this is the expectations of like parking, like all these like actual things. And then like the food is just a separate thing, but they yeah. stick it in at the end just to make sure that like all of like their technical crew, all these things are, are being paid and people are getting hit. So like, like yeah. that's, so like I've I've heard that that's why you see these ridiculous requests is just to make sure that that the the venue or whomever is actually reading uh, the full contract, right? And and I'm sure there's a bit of an ego thing that they can like I want this, so you're gonna do it for me. <laughs> oh, all right, Ben, you have a random question for me. Let's just pivot off of that. What would be on your rider? What would be oh, on my your rider? I would request that for every pro tour stop they have on the putting green for my warmups, lemon heads, but let me clarify, not the little lemon heads, the big ones that you can side off of like the jawbreaker size. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They got to have those. I know you and a Celsius. <laughs> you are a big Celsius guy, and you pivot through oh, the flavors too. You, I, we do. I got to test them out. I allow yeah. myself one a day at most. So, although I drank three the other day, so <laughs> were you just wired? <laughs> oh my god! Like I felt like my heart was gonna explode. Like my chest was like it had like a tightness to it. It was not smart. Carbs. I, and- I lied. I ate two. I I drank two and a Starbucks. Oh gosh. <laughs> So I have, uh, in my, in my life, I've worked in, uh, very high caffeinated, uh, industries currently mm-hmm. working for, well, for the next two weeks, currently working in, in, uh, the soft drink industry. And then when I was in high school and college, I worked at Starbucks. So I understand like the caffeine jitters and I'll say real water, not a Celsius and carbs are the, are the two most effective ways to, uh, to, to help with, with that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so normally I'll go and like that day, it was actually yesterday. I usually go and I'll like ride my bike and like, I'll do 10, 12 miles. And usually by the end of it, I'm like, okay, it kind of came off the high, you know, I got back and like almost the entire ride. It was like, 146 beats like was my average to the moon it was nuts i was just like oh my goodness and i you know i have a higher heart rate because i'm older and fatter so i have a higher heart rate but not that high (laughs) i got back and i'm like holy moly like so yeah that was that was a fun one (laughs) so what about you what's in your writer oh um a white gatorade okay i don't know i like I like cherry. I think artificial cherry is just like my favorite artificial flavor. Um, really? Okay. Uh, Th- that's a polarizing flavor artificially. Yes. There's people that it love is. it and people that hate it. I I no. am uh, a fan. Um, gum. 
mm-hmm. like specifically like a mint gum. I'm open to that of any kind. Um, and then this is now this is a hot take, but probably the butter popcorn jelly bellies. Oh, yeah. I see. So it's butter popcorn. And what's the other flavor for the like the Burt's Bees or, or whatever or, those uh, are? Bam- the... Bean Boozled. Bean Boozled. Yeah. What's the other flavor? It's, it's burnt like popcorn. It's like toe, toe jam or, or vomit or something. Earwax. Like Earwax. Okay. Earwax. I don't notice a difference between them. When I eat them, they're both just like, <laughs> they're so bad. My kids love the butter popcorn and I, uh-uh. I specifically uh-uh. like all Jelly Belly. I genuinely do. So Jelly Beans are probably just would be in my writer, but specifically I do. I do like like that butter popcorn. I'll have to remember that. I'll have to remember that next time we're well, you know, for the next Vegas flex, happens. have it available for me for the next flex. Yeah, exactly. There you go. That'll be your writer part of the contract. We work <laughs> and I don't have to walk. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and yeah, no, and there won't be a Vegas for me this year because we're having a baby. Did you know that, by the way? Did I tell you? No. Well, there you go. We're having a baby. Congratulations. <laughs> so everybody right now. Congratulations, <laughs> man. Well, thank you. Yeah. Nine years out. Well, almost it'll be 10 years when it's born out from our last one. So I won't lie. It was the oops, but it's we're fine with it. We weren't doing anything to protect it. So we figured if it happened, it happened and it happened. <laughs> Congratulations, <laughs> so. man. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you. It was so it was one of those life on resets. your writer, baby on my writer. It's going to be diapers and wipes <laughs> on my writer. So, all right. Well, with that being said, shop updates. There will be uh, onesies for babies going. <laughs> Just kidding. In nine months, though. <laughs> yeah, in nine months there will be a door disc golf onesie. Um, no, so we are. We have a very very big um, DD order. So. We have not only the custom stamp discs, we have probably another about, I don't know, I would say 200 plus discs. So we've just, Trilogy has just absolutely been zipping out of the shop. Um, and Kristen Tatar has her name on like four discs. So we're just bringing them in as quick as we can sell them. And um, so we have a ton of discs coming in. And the, I will post on, um, door underscore disc underscore golf on Instagram. I will post the stamp that we're bringing in. Um, I'm going to wait probably about another week or so. Cause I want to, cause it's uh, about five weeks out. So we're got about another three weeks left. So I'm going to wait about another week and then I'll post it on there. So keep your eye out on door underscore disc underscore golf. And that will be the new stamp. We have about, about 200 or so discs coming in various flavors and colors and rim widths and all that stuff. And then um, there will be judges just so you know, <laughs> So if you're putting with the wrong type of putter, we will have some for you. Um, so, but I'll post that up and then uh, hexes and glitches will be coming. Like I said, we ordered a ton of them. Um, and then we have some for the uh, ultimate players. We have some ultimate Frisbees coming in and um, I am still waiting on updates from grip six about the pickleball stuff. So we might be adding some pickleball to our um, inventory. So for those uh, disc golf pickleball players, you might have something to order from. And I think outside of that, that's it. Got anything inspirational to leave on Ben? Tip your bartenders. There you go. And uh, since JP's not here, deuces in the toilet. Peace out. Keep us up bar.